What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Rebunk. My name is Scott, coming at you live from Nashville, Tennessee. And I got another wonderful, wonderful episode for you guys today. I'm very excited about this. As we promised, you know, I've been saying how I wanted to do a whole series of conversations related to the terrain model about the debunking the germ theory. And I have some folks here today that are going to elucidate us into that. And have been doing amazing work around this topic. Um, I've been listening to a lot of their interviews lately, and it's just, uh, I'm really excited to bring this conversation to all you guys. So, all right, just real quick though, I wanna show you how you can follow and support the show. Um, just real quick, let's head over to rebunk.news. This is the main landing page. Um, this is where you're going to find all the links for the show. Uh, what I recommend is go here to the very top to the Substack link, which will take you to our Substack page. This is where it's basically like a newsletter where I just push out all of the different um, interviews that are coming up, um, anything else that's going on with the show. And I promise I'm going to be doing some bonus episodes on there. I've just been really busy. But anyway, so right at the, or so you can either go to rebunk.substack.com to subscribe there. And then, um, or you can just enter your email or access it from the rebunk.news website. Um, that's also a great way to support the show. You know, there's a subscription base there, like five bucks a month really helps keep the show going. So feel free to do that. But uh, also it's just a, a way for, if you, by, just by entering your email, you're going to get notifications the way I used to with the other email service I use. So this is instead of that. So if you want to stay up to date with the show, make sure you subscribe to the Substack for free. It's free to subscribe. So rebunk.substack.com. Uh, then we've got the t-shirt shop. Of course, censorship kills. Um, we've got the rebunk logo. We've got uh, climate change is hot, right? Um, yeah, so all kinds of cool designs, lady shirts, hats, stickers. You got to get these stickers. It's so cool. The old uh, Beavis, are you threatening me sticker? Like, are you kidding me? That's like the most hilarious thing ever. There it is. Let's see if we can zoom in on that. Look at that. You got to get a got to get a few of those slap them around town. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. So um, let's see what else. So down here on the main page, rebunk.news, you'll see the affiliates. I also have a new affiliate, uh, Chemical Free Body. You heard the episode last week with Tim James. So uh, there's a link in the episode description to get that um, value for value donations. And then the social media, what I would suggest is joining me on Telegram, t.me forward slash rebunk news. That's the main Telegram channel where I post, uh, you know, just posting stuff throughout the day. I'm usually in there chatting with everybody. So just come join us on Telegram. And then of course, all the video platforms that we're on Rockfin, Bandot Video on Infowars and Odyssey, Rumble, BitChute. You notice how there's no YouTube there. You know, so there's no YouTube. See, they don't like conversations like this on YouTube. So we're just going to let them have their thing. They can do their thing. They can do all their little unboxing videos and, you know, all the other silly stuff they do. Well, we're over here doing adult stuff. Okay. We're doing grown up things over here. So, all right. So, all right, guys. Um, so, yeah. So, thank you so much. Rebunk.news will get you to all that stuff. So, uh, yeah. So, my guests today are uh, David Parker and Don Lester. Um, they've written a couple books, uh, most recently, What Really Makes You Ill. And I'm excited to get into this because, uh, and you can find all their work. Again, episode links are, or the links are in the episode description, whatreallymakesyouill.com. And we're getting into, you know, diving deep. We're diving deep here, folks. Let's bring them in. All right. So, Don, David, how are you guys doing? We're very well, thank you. Hi. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you Glad so much for joining me. Thank you so much for joining me. I know you guys are over in the UK. There's a bit of a time difference. So uh, I appreciate you taking the time in your evening to join me here. So I'm really excited for this. You know, um, I just kind of wanted to preface this by telling you kind of my position on this and kind of where, where I'm coming at this from. Um, 
you know, it wasn't until after COVID that I really started looking into this stuff. You know, I, I didn't, you know, I was just a regular guy. I started podcasting, you know, very shortly after COVID began in 2020. And I started learning about all these things. And, and a lot of this was a eye-opening experience for me. And I remember her hearing early on about uh, the terrain model, about the, the alternative to the, the germ theory. And it really resonated with me just because I realized, like I knew for a long time, like I've been into this, you know, looking into government corruption, all this stuff for a long time. And I knew that, you know, everything they tell us is sometimes either false or the complete inversion of the truth. And a lot of times it's the complete inversion of the truth. And so when I heard that there was an alternative explanation for the cause of illness, I was like, oh, that's interesting. I started looking into it and very shortly realized that so much of what props up the germ theory, the germ the explanation, the traditional explanation is there's a lot of holes in that argument, you know, and so I'm still trying to understand it for myself. And I like to bring it to my audience so that we can kind of learn together because I feel like this is the big one right here. If we can really mass adopt across the board, you know, like as a society and realize that the, the germ theory as it's proposed to us is completely false and sham then the entire pharmaceutical industry would collapse that, that all of what they're offering in terms of, uh, you know, all they're offering is basically band-aids. They just did just symptom management. You know, they don't get to the cause of what's going on. They don't get to the cause of whatever it is that causes illness. And so we are trying to go deeper and figure out what the cause is and they don't offer us that. And so if we can break through and get this information to the point where everybody understands it, then their whole paradigm would collapse. And we've seen how evil their paradigm can be when it's just let run rampant. So that's my little spiel. And I just want to let you guys just, you know, I'm just very grateful to have you guys here. So I guess before we get too far into it, I guess, can we just get a little background? Like what, what got you guys um, into this and maybe go a little bit deeper there, but, but kind of what was your uh, entry into this whole new paradigm? Okay. Um, well, as people may know, the latest book, What Really Makes You Ill, incidentally, I see you've got our website there. There's an S missing, yep. What Really Makes You Ill. There's the oh, S no. Okay. <laughs> Sorry my to bad. point that out, but I thought... No, that's great. I'm glad you did. Keep me on my toes. If people try and do that one, they won't, they won't get there. Okay. Um, but yes, yeah, so our, our big tome, as it were, because it's nearly 800 pages, excuse me, 800 pages, so... Uh, we put, uh, Dawn and I put 10 years research into that and, uh, and there's 40 pages of references. So it's all ref fully referenced uh, so they can see where the information has come from. But we got into it in rather a, a strange way um, because we've, we've actually written two other books, but the book we were writing at the time is about the nature of reality. Um, and that's what the book's called, uh, The Nature of Reality. Um, it's only a little book, still available. Um, but so we're going back about 15 years now and, uh, we're writing about, as I say, the nature of reality. And part, one of the chapters in the book was about health and in particular, it was about viruses. And we realized at that time, 15 years ago, we really didn't know very much about viruses. So we needed to do some research and that, as they say, was the opening up of an enormous rabbit hole <laughs> because we uh, we realized that because um, the first we looked at a particular disease, which was HIV AIDS. Um, and we soon realized that there was two schools of thought, one school of thought, which was saying, yes, this is all caused by a virus. And another school of thought by very eminent people like Professor Peter Duisberg, mm -hmm. Dr. Stefan Lanker, and no less than, Kerry Mullis, 
who obviously got the Nobel Prize for inventing the PCR process, which has been used and abused ever since, much to his consternation. Um, and he was very vocal at the time, along with these other doctors, to say there is no proof that there is a virus that is cause, the cause of this. So this was the start of it for us. We thought, well, they, they can't both be right. You know, they're eminent people on both sides. They can't both be right. Either there is a virus or there isn't. It's as simple as that. So that's what we started to look for. We looked for the scientific papers. And sure enough, they aren't there. They weren't there then and they're not there now. And as we said, Dawn and I at the time, well, if they got this one wrong, what else have they got wrong? So that was a, a, our 10 year search to look at all the diseases, so-called, that uh, most people are familiar with. And we were looking for the scientific evidence, scientific papers where anyone had actually isolated a so-called virus, uh, purified it, uh, genetically characterized it and proved that it was the sole cause of whatever disease they were attributing to it. And those papers do not exist. Many claim that they have written those papers, but when they're examined, you realize and that they're just, that is not so. And we had to look at virology as a, um, well, it's classed as a science, but we soon realized that it isn't a science. It's just a procedure and it's a very false procedure. There is again, no science base to it. And that, of course, is where it all goes wrong. So there are no, in no instances were these particles, which we found to be actually just cellular debris, when cells break down, obviously break down into bits and pieces. And these bits and pieces that were being viewed under electron microscopes were just that, cellular debris. And none of those particles have ever been isolated, as I say, purified, genetically characterized and proved to actually be a pathogenic entity, not once anywhere in the last 70 years, which is basically the amount of time that uh, virology has been um, <laughs> falsifying these claims. Um, and that was it. That was the start. And so we, we knew that we had to look at this very carefully. Um, both Dawn and I are professional people, but not from the medical establishment. So which was actually as we've been told by many doctors who've since come out of the medical establishment, that that was our strength mm. because we could look at it quite dispassionately. We used our, uh, in my case, I'm, was, I'm a retired electrical engineer, mm. so I could use my, I'm used to using logic um, to design and solve problems uh, within the electrical industry, which I spent over 50 years in the electrical industry. So <clears throat> we used those skills to, look at the evidence we just wanted to follow the evidence see what proof there was either way and we realized there was absolutely no proof scientifically to prove that either bacteria or viruses or fungi or parasites were the actual cause of disease and uh, that's quite a big shock um, and that's where it all started so um, if that gives people a, a little bit of a summing up of where we came from that's amazing. Yeah. And, and I think you're right. I think a lot of people in the medical establishment kind of have uh, a very, you know, it's, it's indoctrination. They've been programmed. They've been uh, mm -hmm. captured in a way. And I've heard you guys describe elsewhere on a different interview talking about how, um, you know, 
the specialization, you know, when people, when doctors go off and become specialized in a certain field, it kind of compartmentalizes them from being able to observe or understand the human body or the human organism as a whole. And that's the basis of the terrain model is that it's like looking at the entirety of the human body and, and, and it really just, so if, if someone's just focused on one area, then it kind of leaves all the rest out. And then of course we all know like the lack of training that they have in medical school around nutrition or even vaccine, like the, the, what they, what the propaganda that they're given about vaccines and stuff like that. So, so the, the fact that, you know, you're coming from this from an outside perspective definitely um, allows you to have a more objective view on it. I would say, don't you think? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we didn't have to kind of unlearn what we'd been trained yeah. you know because we hadn't gone through that training and so you know we could kind of look at things somewhat more objectively and um not be so challenged by things that we were finding that didn't quite tie in with you know sort of background so unfortunately some people still think that oh well you know we're not trained so therefore we don't know um but that's not the case you know because we can look i mean you're saying about doctors they're not trained on nutri nutri nutrition sorry um, but also they have very little, um, uh, say, training, very little time is spent on even uh, discussing vaccines in their six, seven years or whatever. I, I think it was recently that it was <clears throat> suggested they probably only have a couple of hours, maybe, a, you know, half a day or something on vaccines. And that's why probably most doctors have absolutely no idea what the ingredients are of vaccines and in fact some of them you know when they've been shown they've been absolutely horrified and you think that that would be something that they ought to know before they start putting that into people's bodies but it's you know they're just trained to this is what you do and unfortunately it's more and more captured that they are trained to to follow the instructions that they're given other and if they don't you know they could lose their position which is obviously you know a big deal um it's become more and more difficult um to speak out from within the medical profession so it's very difficult for them and, and this is why it's good to know that there's now a growing number of doctors ex-doctors if you like who have they've obviously had to come out of the medical profession because they get their license taken off them as soon as they speak out yep. uh, but of course they have the, the training they have the knowledge and uh, but they they can't earn a living at uh, and don't want to earn a living at uh, just dispensing pharmaceutical toxic substances which don't cure anything and that's the truth of it there, there is no pharmaceutical product that cures anything they may mitigate symptoms but they don't cure anything and the so-called side effects which we like to point out are not side effects they're direct effects absolutely of these chemicals are um are very dangerous and um people may know we often talk about it there is a uh, a word iatrogenesis which people may have come across it's a bit of a mouthful but it is basically um death by doctors you know it, it's the case of where it's not about malpractice is about where a doctor has has prescribed a drug to a patient and the patient has taken the drug as prescribed and it's killed them and in america alone and there's been uh, i think it was the starfield report barbara starfield um there's over two hundred thousand people a year in america alone that die under this term iatrogenesis that is mm. death by doctors and um, 
it's interesting. We've we've got a retired doctor in the UK, uh, which people may have come across. He's quite well known, Dr. Vernon Coleman, and uh, he's on the record as saying the person most likely to kill you is your doctor. Wow. Now that's quite an admission to come from a retired doctor, isn't it? But he's quite adamant about that. I mean, we don't agree with everything he says for some strange reason. He thinks he still thinks viruses exist. I mm. don't know why he thinks that, but he said a lot of good things over the years. I mean, he's uh, um, knocking on in years now, but uh, uh, but that's quite an admission from a doctor, isn't it? So the person most likely to kill you is your doctor, which is very true, as iatrogenesis shows. And of course, right through the whole COVID fiasco the nonsense that's been put out even more people have died and are continuing to die as direct results of the medical establishment's practices mm -hmm. and i'm thinking particularly with the so-called covid vaccinations and uh, <clears throat> in the uk we have the yellow card system in america i think it's the VAERS system and there's a there's different yeah. for europe and these are official figures put forward by doctors in who are still in the medical profession and they show i mean in the uk alone which is a much smaller country than america of course but there's over two and a half thousand people died as a direct result of the covid vaccine and something like half a million who've had serious adverse effects and these are reports by doctors and when you consider that only probably three percent of doctors actually fill the forms in you know that those figures are a lot higher than that. You can probably multiply it by at least 10 or more. Yeah. Now, that tells you there's something very wrong with the system because uh, only a, prior to COVID, if a drug had killed two or three people, it would have been withdrawn from the market. And now the governments know that it's killed thousands and they're still trying to tell everyone that it's safe and effective when it quite clearly isn't. Now, as I often say, if that's not criminal activity on the half of the WHO and governments, then I don't know what is. You know, these, these people have blood on their hands and uh, it has to be sorted out. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, so as they're revealing themselves to be the monsters that they are, you know, we're ready for a new paradigm. And so now these conversations are more important than ever, which is really sad because like, you know, I heard recently Del Bigtree, someone pointed me to this. He, he said like there's some clip of him and and he you know someone asked him uh you know what about terrain theory like what about the whole idea that germs don't cause disease because everything you talk about is about virus this virus that you know what i mean and then his his quote was oh the world's not ready for that conversation and i'm like oh really are you sure about that and so i'm like no this is the perfect time to be having this conversation we need to be having this conversation and so i lost yeah. a lot of respect for him out of that and just you know and, and i look at a lot of doctors that you know, I, I, I kind of like what you said with the other doctor. It's like, you know, you're they're out there doing a lot to defend human liberty, but they're still caught in this other paradigm. And I just, you know, and so I'm not going to throw the baby out of the bathwater in every single case because I believe there's value in what they're doing. But and, and maybe they just haven't gotten there yet. Maybe they're just closed off and they just don't. They're not able to bring allow this information in for whatever reason. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, you know, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say with um, 
the, um, the comment by Del Bigtree and, and anyone else who thinks, you know, the world isn't ready, um, I would actually kind of question, you know, what makes them think that they know what the world is ready for? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, you're absolutely right. This this conversation is, is extremely important because we know there are lots of... Um, reports and um, ideas in the background and, you know, sort of different discussions about the uh, so-called next pandemic. And one of the reasons for um, talking about the a complete lack of evidence for the existence of any virus is to try and help people understand that there is nothing to be afraid of so that they won't mm-hmm. fall for the idea that there is such a thing as a, you know, there could ever be a, a pandemic. And that's Part of what the um, there's a project called the end of COVID. I don't know if you've um, come yep, across yep, that. Yep, yep, absolutely. No. In fact, I have it on the list of stuff to talk to you guys about about that. Right. So that's okay. actually that's, that's that's originally how I came across your guys' work. To be honest with you, like I was looking at the list of people, and I'm like, oh, I want to talk to all these people. So that's why I reached out to you guys. So okay. yeah, absolutely. But yeah, yeah tell us about know. that. Tell us about that for a minute. Let's take a sidetrack and tell us about the end of COVID. I know that's like uh, Alex Zach, the way forward, and the team over there coordinated yeah. this big awesome awesome conference and so tell us about it yeah i mean it, yes as you say it is awesome i mean it, um alex Zek kind of is um one of the kind of um originators of the idea he's also working with mike winner of alpha vedic and also the sovereign's way and there are good reasons for um that collaboration because it's actually showing us not just that um germs don't cause disease i mean they go into uh, many of the sessions go into that in a great deal of detail um uh, to get the point across you know to show that so all the angles have been covered um so it's dealing with you know what i mean it's called the end of covid but it's not just dealing with you know what happened during covid although it does go into detail there but it's also looking at the the background behind it the politics behind it the money behind it um you know there are a lot of aspects that led up to it and i mean you might know about um event 201 but that's that was just you know the last in a line of um events or um ideas and i mean you know during the research looking at different viruses and looking at some of the reports the WHO were putting out, they're talking about, you know, emerging infectious diseases. I mean, they've been putting this information out for absolutely years, decades, um, building up to this. And I mean, in, to a certain extent, the, the whole HIV in um, the 80s was a, a kind of test event. Um, so it's not just looking at the problems, it's also um, looking at the solutions and the last two modules. I mean, it's it's set out in 11 modules and the last two are looking at what we can do, what we know about health, um, what we know about the human body, what we can actually do for ourselves. And, um, you know, it shows that there's there's still a lot that we're learning about how the body works. And one of the um, points you made before really important is that, that the body is not just like a machine of bits and pieces that can be fixed individually you know on sort of I mean okay if you you know you break your toe you, your toe can be fixed but if there's a problem in one part of the body it's almost certainly systemic it's very rare that it's something that's just in that particular just that one location mm-hmm. and uh, because of the increased specialization you know we, we just used to thinking of our body as you know these different bits and pieces you know, and that's the the mechanistic view you know materialistic view that came in absolutely you know uh, centuries ago um 
started, I think, you know, about, I don't know, about 3,000 years ago, you know, the kind of materialistic idea. And, and we aren't we aren't bits and pieces and the body needs to be contemplated in terms of health holistically you know it, it is and it's not just the body it's the mind as well so it's it's an all-encompassing it really is holistic yeah. yeah we try we try to get through to people to for them to realize that the body is a self-regulating organism mm -hmm. and more than capable of looking after itself you know and repairing itself providing people don't get in its way which of course is exactly what the medical establishment does because they are not trained as to how the body works um, as Dawn has said they're just trained as if it's some machine and you can give some drug to fix this bit or that bit um, and so they have no idea and they just get in the way of the body because when the body produces symptoms which is what the medical establishment think is a disease when it's actually symptoms that are produced because the body is trying to heal itself, is mostly trying to get rid of some toxic material that it's uh, been given, <laughs> either through a vaccination or in processed food or contaminated water or chemtrails or many, many different ways that toxins can enter the body through the skin as well as being taken in orally. And the body is capable of, for the most part, getting rid of those things. So some of the more obvious ways, obviously, are through vomiting or diarrhea or sweating um, or pushing those toxins out through the skin, which then can manifest as uh, blisters or rashes or spots. But the medical establishment not understanding this, what the body's doing, just puts labels on it and said, oh, well, that's measles, that's chicken pox or that's whatever name they want to put on it and then want to give drugs to uh, try and suppress those symptoms, um, which is not a good idea, um, nor is it a good idea for people to self-medicate by going down to the pharmaceutical chemist's shop and um, buying some drug over the counter and administering it themselves to suppress the symptoms because that just pushes the toxins further back into the body system because it can't get rid of it. And it accumulates and then can come out as something more serious, even a cancer, a cancerous tumour or a tumour, because again, the medical establishment don't understand what that is. And so then they want to give you more toxic drugs called mm. chemotherapy or radiotherapy and just end up killing the patient, really. The patients die of the uh, procedure rather than any disease, but uh, we cover all those sorts of things in our book, of course. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's the, the medical establishment have got a lot to answer for. And unfortunately, it's not the doctor's faults, fault in the first place. It's how they're taught. And like anyone, if they're taught the wrong things, they will practice the wrong things. And um, we had to obviously examine how doctors were trained as part of our research uh, by talking to doctors and um, we soon realize that's where the problem starts. You know, they go into medical college with uh, great and lovely ideas about helping people as, as well as obviously having a good job. Um, but, you know, we, we found that uh, most of the medical colleges were either partly or wholly owned by the pharmaceutical companies. Um, the curriculums were largely set by the pharmaceutical companies. The college libraries were stocked by the pharmaceutical companies and many of the 
lecturers were uh, employed by the pharmaceutical companies. So you can see what's going to happen. You're going to get people turned out of those colleges who are really little better than uh, drug pushers for the pharmaceutical companies. And uh, I choose my words carefully because that's exactly what they become, uh, which is a great shame. But, you know, the damage has been going on now for uh, decades and has cost the lives of millions of people and is continuing to do so. So like you said earlier, people like Del Bigtree and many others who say the world's not ready for this sort of conversation, it's way past ready. Mm -hmm. And because the longer we do not talk about this in no uncertain terms, then more people will die. People are dying as we talk because they're dying of ignorance. They do not know the truth and they're allowing their doctors who don't know the truth either to administer toxic drugs either through vaccinations or pills of some sort that is just making them more ill and eventually killing them um, and it's as simple as that really uh, once people know the truth uh, they realize how, that the body can look after itself feed it properly you know uh, I mean, we talk about four symptom, uh, four factors in our book. Uh, I'll just briefly mention them, uh, which is um, making sure you get correct nutrition, very important, the food you eat, making sure you have clean water, because what comes out of the faucets is not clean, as we know. So you need a reverse osmosis system or a distiller of some sort. So good food, nutritious food, clean water, Mitigate your exposure to EMFs, electromagnetic frequencies, and there are ways to do that. Um, obviously, limit your intake of toxins, what you put in and on your body. And last but not least, is to mitigate your stress levels. Stress, prolonged stress can be very detrimental, both psychologically and physiologically. It, there is a mechanism um, called oxidation which uh, is detrimental to the body, but can be balanced out by the correct nutrition, which is full of antioxidants. Um, and of course, people with the whole COVID thing have been subjected to very, well, three years now of stress for those who still believe that germs are going to kill them. And uh, they've been locked down. They've probably lost their jobs. They've probably lost their businesses. So people have been put under tremendous stress over this last three years or so, all of which has led to their decline in mental health. There's been an increase in suicides uh, all around the world. You know, this can be tracked. Um, and even, you know, younger, younger, young adults and teenagers, an increase in suicides again, because they are so stressed. Um, and of course, the governments and the World Health Authorities have been stepping it up with not only the whole COVID and germ thing, but also with the fictitious uh, man-made, I hesitate, hesitate to say man-made climate change. Mm. Now, of course, the climate does change, but it's not, it's not a man-made thing. Uh, but of course, Children are being particularly targeted to tell them that it's all, do, all down to their dads and parents driving about in their cars or taking too many holidays or whatever. Utter nonsense, you know. Um, but that's a, another subject altogether. Totally, yeah. We, yeah, go ahead, Don. 
I was going to say, but it is all part of um, the ramping up of the fear mongering. And even though, if you like, the sort of COVID fear mongering has subsided a bit. And I think that's um, possibly made many people kind of, you know, set back and not be so concerned. Um, but there's consistent uh, reporting of all kinds of um, so-called, you know, uh, infectious diseases you know in sort of avian flus and rsvs and all, all sorts of things that they just keep trying to pump out the idea that there are these nasty um invisible uh, and that's of course the other thing they're invisible so you know you, you haven't got something you can actually deal with which is even more scary um so there are these invisible enemies out there that can get us and they come in all sorts of shapes and sizes i mean um it just is amazing that people are still believing it, except I think one of the good points of the ramping up of so much fear is that it's becoming so ridiculous that more and more people are saying, wait a minute, uh -huh. you know, and that's good that people are just saying, no, 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 sorry, this, this, you know, this doesn't make sense or what's this about or why is this or, you know, uh, just so people are starting to question or more and more people are starting to question, I should say, because a lot of people have been questioning over the last three and a half years. I mean, so, we... you know, there, more, there are more and more people sort of joining in this questioning, having a look at things and, and will be more prepared for the next sort of, well, basically psyop if they try and pull it off. And, you know, it makes me wonder whether they think, whether they realise that, uh, you know, that they are going to have a bit of a problem if they do try and do it. But they have got other um, tools up their sleeve, as David said, you know, this kind of um, whole idea of so-called climate change and, and the way they're just um, putting out all the propaganda about all of that and saying that it's causing anxiety for children but in fact it's their fear-mongering that is causing the anxiety and of course children are being uh, indoctrinated with ideas as, as David said that it, you know it's it's all due to us um, but also uh, one of the curious things that it's it's as if the children are being taught that they know more than their parents so they're going home and then teaching their parents now quite a few parents will be sufficiently knowledgeable on what's actually going on and so that could be rather prob problematic and and it's just more ways of creating division because I mean we know that's one of the uh, favorite tools of dividing us which is why it's more important to recognize where we have similarities and where we have points in common rather than just always focusing on the points where we differ so even though there are people who are speaking out against vaccines but still believe in viruses it's it's we've got to be careful not to make them you know a, another set of enemies or whatever it's trying to help people to understand i mean really our point is to help people um see well share the information so we can help people see that there are other ways of looking at all of this and also to help dispel the fear because that is just so so important if people are not working from a, a place of fear, then they're more capable of thinking and thinking critically. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, yeah. go, ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, and that's why, that's why we do what we do and why you do what you do, because mm -hmm. the big problem is getting this message out mm -hmm. to the general public. Um, and, of course, that's why, and they planned it, as Dawn said, back in uh, 
October 2019 with the event 201 that um, they were going to make sure that they clamped it down on free speech, basically, uh, because they wanted to be in control of the narrative. So, and they've done exactly that. And that's why um, anyone who tries to uh, tell the truth about what's going on, you know, they get deplatformed from, as you mentioned earlier, you know, you, you won't yeah. get it on YouTube. And uh, we've, <laughs> we don't even bother trying to post things there anymore. And, and whether it's Twitter or Facebook or all of them. Now, that ought to be a red flag to many people. You know, we're supposed to, certainly in the Western world, as they tell us, we're supposed to live in a democracy and have free speech. Well, we quite clearly haven't, <laughs> because otherwise, why are they banning you from speaking your mind? And it's not because people are being abusive. They've just got an alternate view. And nowhere has anyone ever seen on mainstream media uh, any debates allowed between the people who believe in viruses and the people who don't. You know, and there's plenty of well-qualified uh, doctors, you know, if they don't want to listen to people like Dawn and myself, they only want to listen to doctors or microbiologists or even virologists. I mean, Dr. Stefan Lanker is a trained virologist and he's knows very well there are no such thing as pathogenic viruses. Now, all of these people would be happy to go onto a mainstream news program and put this information forward, but they're not allowed to. Now, that should be, as I say, a red flag to people to know, well, we're not living in a democracy. We're not living in the land of free speech, none of us. And that should be a great concern in itself to people. Um, but unfortunately, uh, many people are still slow to wake up to what is going on. So we have to keep trying, which is what we do. Yep, exactly. And that's why we're having these conversations. And this is why this is so important. You know, this might be the most important conversation we could be having, you know, yeah. like, like, forget all the people who are saying, no, the world's not ready. Yeah, no, this is this is the, the direction the whole world needs to be going. So in, in, the, in the context of framing this conversation, and uh, ever since I started uh, diving into your guys's work, I've stopped saying terrain theory. I know everyone's like terrain theory, right? And I'm mm -hmm. like, and the way you guys describe it, I'm like, oh, so can you describe your take on germ theory and the terrain yeah sure <laughs> well i mean you're quite right and it's it's good to hear you say it because still a lot of people say oh it's this battle between germ theory and terrain theory and we try to point out no terrain is not a theory the germ theory is because it's well it's a hypothesis that's never been proven whereas the terrain is just talking about how the body works you know as a holistic system and it's quite easy to show it's not a theory that's how it works if you put something toxic into the body it makes it sick well that's not a theory that's that works and if you put good stuff in the body stays healthy you know so there's no nothing theoretical in basic terms there is nothing theoretical about as you rightly call it the terrain model it's easily provable we see it every day whereas the germ theory is totally unproven and is easily demonstrated to have no scientific basis to it and yet the whole rash of virologists and most doctors still cling to this unproven theory the whole germ theory that is the whole as you said right at the beginning of this the whole of the medical industry including the pharmaceutical industry which has billions and billions of dollars invested in it this one little theory so they, that's why they fight tooth and nail to stop people like us saying, just hold on a minute, folks. 
let's uh, see where the scientific evidence is for this. They, that's why they don't want it, because there are billions, probably trillions of dollars involved in keeping the theory alive and making out that the terrain model is just some sort of new age nonsense and uh, with no foundation to it at all. Well, if people care to look, of course, they'll, they'll see that uh, quite the opposite is true. So terrain is not a theory, as you rightly say, it's a terrain model. And it's easily provable how the body works uh, as a holistic model, you know, not individual bits and pieces. Um, the, um, the, yeah, the practitioners uh, of the 19th century and earlier, I mean, there were many that used to, you know, use that information. I mean, they, they weren't dealing with, um, the kind of terrain necessarily as as a as a label, um, but they were working with their patients and they re realised they knew they recognised that it's a question of removing the causes. Uh, it's not a question of stopping symptoms. So um, you know if you've got um, I don't know trying to think of an analogy if you've you've got a, a muddy glass of water. You know, there's nothing you can add to that water to make it clean. What you need to do is take away the mud. <laughs> you know, it's, so it's removing what's what the contamination is. I mean, it's probably not the best analogy, but I'm no, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm not Tom Cowan. He's he's great on that. <laughs> yes, yes. Really Dude, so I, good. I, Tom Cowan's yeah. analogies are so hilarious. Like that's 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 what really kind of like. Oh yeah, the fireman thing. It's like oh yeah, all well, the yeah. firemen are running around causing fires. That makes total sense, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, he's great with that. Um, so it's it's a question of recognizing that um, you know, if you do something that sort of harms the body, you the you know, you need to take away whatever is causing the harm. Um, and the fact that the body heals itself, you know, as as David said, I mean that's that's something that, you know, we say quite clearly quite often in the book. Um, you know, literally if if you cut yourself, you know, you just the body will heal you know you a few days time if you just keep it clean just by you know clean water or whatever and, and the body will just heal itself it's got the the mechanisms it's got all the um necessary uh, intelligence to know how to look after itself it's just that we you know we've been taught otherwise we've been indoctrinated otherwise and we tend to get in the way um but as more and more people are recognizing that um th that's the way the body is and as, as you were saying about things being inverted i mean it is the complete opposite we don't take anything what we do is we stop taking the things that cause the problem so what really makes you ill are the you know these toxins and these four factors so in order to uh, find out what really makes us well is to stop being exposed to those factors i mean some some you can do more about um and it's not a question of, oh, oh, you've got to just remove every single one of them and it's all perfect. It's not about being perfect because the body can handle a certain amount. Um, it's just, you know, the normal processes. But it's being aware uh, and it's not being obsessive, you know, but it does mean having a look at labels of things that you use, things that you eat and, and what you're doing. But again, not being obsessive because then you're then um, buying into the sort of the other factor because you're creating the stress and that's going to make things worse. So it's just recognizing that um, there aren't any, you know, sort of evil germs out there that are going to get you. And then you can do more 
for yourself, take mm. responsibility. And that's empowering by yeah. itself, just knowing that you can and you do have the power to look after yourself. Um, you know, that alone um, is, is just a, an amazing factor because you don't then have to go to someone else. You're not then giving your power away to an external source of any kind so it's just taking the power back for ourselves and and that's it right there because they don't have they they can't profit off that when we all take charge of our own health they can't profit off that exactly exactly that that's why the money factor is a big thing but just uh expanding a little on what dawn was saying there you know what there's a thing called the placebo effect and the opposite of it being the nocebo effect so if people have strong beliefs about something um, it can either be beneficial to their body or detrimental. And uh, the medical establishment are well aware of this and the pharmaceutical company. I mean, when they do their drug trials, they have uh, blind, uh, they have a placebo test group, as people know, when uh, the real drug is given to one particular group of people and a placebo pill, let's say, uh, which can just be a sugar pill of some sort is given to the other group. And, both groups can start to uh, exhibit the same sort of symptoms. You know, even if they think they've had a chemotherapy drug, you know, can start, and this is in the records, uh, start to lose their hair, even though they've only had a sugar pill, but they thought they'd had chemotherapy and expect to lose their hair. Okay, so it's a very powerful thing, and people can unwittingly make themselves ill because they believe again, the propaganda that they've been told and believe that if they think they've come into contact with someone who's got a, an illness or is exhibiting some symptoms, that therefore, and if it can be just a, a simple, the common cold, which of course is not a disease. It's a detox mechanism, but people think it is a disease and therefore someone sneezed on them and therefore they're going to end up getting the office cold. And sure enough, they do until they realize that's you know, there is no such thing as contagion. There is no such thing as an infectious disease. And these are big things for people to get their heads around. And we have we have to we explain them in our book, of course, but we have to explain them a lot in conversations with people when we do interviews like this or live interviews when we're traveling around. Because it seems such an obvious thing when groups of people get together and a number of that group come down with similar symptoms. Mm -hmm. So therefore, they say, well, it must be a germ because XYZ people got the same symptoms. Well, what they never stop to think about, first of all, is, well, has anyone proved that a germ causes those symptoms? So that's where you have to start. And when you say, well, no, they haven't, let's look at it scientifically, no one has proved there is a germ that caused that set of symptoms. So let's have a look at what could be the reason. And uh, providing people, which is what we had to do in the book, uh, providing you go through that course of action and, uh, and give due diligence, you will find the reasons as to why that group of people became ill. And it could be what they've been eating, drinking, what they've inhaled, what they've been exposed to. It could be outgassing from carpets and furniture in the office. It can be all sorts of things many of which we discuss in the book. 
And of course, we can never know personally because we're not, we were not there. People often say, well, what made me ill then? <laughs> and we say, well, we can't know that because we weren't there. We don't know what was in your environment, what you were eating, drinking, inhaling or anything. But what we can tell you is what it wasn't. And it certainly was not a germ because that is definitely scientifically provable. There have been many attempts to prove either a bacteria, let's say, or these things called viruses, and they have never, ever been able to do it. And some of the things that we talk about in the book going back, well, one of the favorite ones is obviously the Spanish flu, so-called 1918 flu. And the medical establishment tried many times to infect healthy people from ill people, you know, and some of the experiments were disgusting, you know, taking <laughs> nasal excretions, I won't go into too much depth, nasal excretions from the sick people and inserting it into the nasal cavities of the healthy people. They did blood samples, and injected it. They had the sick people cough numerous times directly into the faces of the healthy people and not once. They did this dozens and dozens and dozens of times and not once did they make a healthy person sick. So, the medical establishment have disproved infectious diseases and contagion. They've disproved it themselves. And that's only one instance. They've tried many times since 1918 and have never, ever been successful in proving the case for infection. Because how could they? Because there is no such thing as an infectious agent. So that's where you have to start every time. Has it been proved there is an infectious agent? No, there hasn't. Okay, so let's have a look at what the real cause is. And that's why our book's called What Really Makes You Ill, because those are the things we explain in the book. That's um, awesome. Yeah. And, and, and so and so the four being, you know, so you mentioned earlier, but like malnutrition, let me see if I can do this off memory, malnutrition or nutrition, uh, toxins, EMF radiation exposure and stress, you know? Yes. So, yes. so um, you know, one of the, probably the biggest one that everyone challenges the idea of the train model with is the idea of, well, I got sick and then my whole family got sick, right? Mm -hmm. Or, or I got sick or the teacher got sick and all the kids got sick or all the kids in the classroom got sick, but that's easily explained with the toxin solution. Maybe you guys were all exposed to the same toxin, whether it's just something, you know, some new chemical they were cleaning or, or just something that got in the water or some food item you guys ate. There's like some shared similarity there, but then I've also heard it uh, argued and this is something that kind of leads them to my next question here, because I've heard you guys talk about, um, and this is the first time I'd ever heard this mentioned was the idea that the terrain ex extends beyond our physical body. Like we have like an energy field, right? And so that's part of the terrain too. And so, and so is there any sort of like, and then like example, the example of like women whose menstrual cycles kind of coordinate when they're in groups together. So that's like our bodies communicating with each other, kind of like electromagnetically almost like, you know, and so, so, is there some sort of signal that our bodies give off to, to, to trigger other people that, Oh, I'm going through a, uh, like a, a detox right now. And that's why I'm feeling ill. And does that send a signal to somebody else that's in proximity for them to go through that same process or, or so, so I just want to hear more about like the, uh, the idea of the, the terrain extent extending beyond yeah. into an energy field and then how that, that, that kind of correlates with, um, you know, disease or illness transmission yeah. or whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, let's, all... uh, let me just say that, because a lot of people get the impression that, yes, the, the body has a biofield, if you like, an electrical energy field, in the same way as all 
electrical devices do, whether it's the computers, microphones. You know, as an electrical engineer, I understand these things. I can measure them. And the body has an electrical system as well as a chemical system. So naturally, it has an electrical energy field, which can extend up to six feet around the body um, in a particularly healthy person. But what a lot of people think then is, so if you come into close proximity with a sick person, can they infect you in some way through your biofield? Well, no, is the answer, the short answer. You can become aware through your electrical interconnection that they are sick. You know, particularly if you're a sensitive person, you can, if you're in close proximity, you can almost feel their unwellness, you know, that there is something wrong. You may not appreciate what it is. But as you move away from them and you're outside of their magnetic field, electromagnetic field, um, you know, you've not contracted something, you know, it's just now you've moved away from it. It'd be like getting close to a fire. You know, if you're in close proximity to it, you can feel the heat. But if you move away from it, you no longer feel the heat. It's still there, but you don't feel it anymore. And it's the same with, with that. But another factor could be if that person is, as you said, detoxing because there is there is something they've got to detox and you come into close proximity with it and you also have something to detox, it might trigger your detox symptoms. You know, so it's not that they've made you ill. It's mm -hmm. just that the body sort of recognize, oh, actually, I've got something and I need to detox and it, it triggers it. Um, there you go. It's, and, and that can happen. Yeah. There's also the, you know, if you think about when people yawn, because, you know, I mean, there's nothing that's transmitted, but if somebody yawns, somehow it. I want to yawn right now. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, those kinds of ideas, because we are, and this moves more into the sort of nature of reality. I mean, we are interconnected beings, you know, we are, um, you know, we're not even though sort of, you know, our electric field kind of goes um, six feet either side and two, two or three feet sort of beyond, it's a, it's a toroid. Um, that's not kind of necessarily the end of, of us either. You know, there, there are, uh, we are interconnected, um, you know, sort of at other levels. And so if you like, there's a sort of a, um, an empathy, uh, if you like, sort of sympathy or, you know, sympathetic sort of, resonances you know where you feel you know you connect with some people you know you just don't know why you just feel there's a connection so th there's there are resonances at sort of at other levels if you like as well and there's no limit to the distance um i mean even quantum physics recognizes this uh, they call it entanglement, entanglement yeah. and uh, uh albert einstein bless him used to call it spooky action at a distance. So highly scientific term. <laughs> well, hey, they, you know, they, they use entanglement too to their advantage because they say, because I didn't get a vaccine, that means all these other people over there are getting sick, right? <laughs> so, Oh, yeah, the asymptomatic transmission. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They, they're all about that entanglement. Yeah. So, uh, but as Dawn said, I mean, without getting too much into the nature of reality stuff, um, it's, we are all connected, human beings, all life, all life is connected. And so depending on how sensitive you are, um, you can pick up on these things. It's a bit like in Star Wars, is it, when they can feel a, something in the force, yeah. you know, a ripple in the force. It's a little bit like that. And you can feel things and uh, that might, in physical terms, seem to be on the other side of the world. 
uh, I won't say planet because people might have different ideas about where we live, um, but that's another story altogether. Um, but you you can be sensitive to what's going off in nature. And sometimes that might feel a bit uncomfortable depending on what it is. But this is this is the great mystery of life. And this is what makes it exciting. And why um, the people that are running things at the moment, shall we say, try to all the time keep us divided, as Dawn said earlier, divide and conquer. But there's there's a more sinister mechanism at play because they know as human beings, if we wake up to what our true nature is and how powerful we are and how interconnected we are and how we can communicate on a non-physical level with one another, um, that's something they fear because there is real power in that. And I believe that this is a particular important stage in humanity's development all that's all been brought about by this covid nonsense because more and more people have woken up to the fact that things are not right the world is not how they thought it was and so they're starting to look not only about what our diseases do viruses exist they're starting to look at more things you know the fraud of the banking system the fraud of the legal system the fraud of government and all of these different things but also from a spiritual aspect as well. Like, what are we? What is life? And uh, so this is good. And uh, we come across this more and more. And uh, it's a good thing. So it's a big awakening for humanity as a whole. And I think and believe there is a big change. It's a big step change, which is occurring now. And uh, will give humanity a chance to take back its power because it's been giving it away to so-called authorities for thousands of years. Well, now's the chance to realise what we are and take and recognise our power and take back control of life and our world in a non-violent way. You know, we're not talking about armed insurrection. This is a non-violent change that's coming about because people, it's, a, it's a, an evolution in consciousness, put it that way, and that's where the strength comes from. That's where our strength comes from and our interconnectedness through consciousness. I won't go any further with it at this time. Oh, that's really powerful stuff. And I apologize because my video, for some reason, my camera has done this thing where it like delays a few seconds. I can't figure it out. I don't know if it's happening on your end, but it's on my end. It's right. No, it looks good. Yeah. Okay. It just must exactly. be nice. Okay. Anyway. Okay, good. So I'm not going to worry too much about it. So anyway. Um, so I do have one like self-serving type question. I was talking to a friend last night about, um, I was going to come on with you guys and telling her a little bit about the whole terrain thing. And she said, uh, you know, I was diagnosed at one point with an autoimmune condition that I was told then was exacerbated by a virus. What would be your response to that? Well, I know we've, covered, all, we, we've covered a lot of this already, but what would be your response, response to that direct? Okay. Well, first situation? of all, um, because there are no, um, germs that cause disease the body doesn't need to have um, this defense mechanism that's called uh, an immune system the body looks after itself it's got a repair and um, maintenance system but it doesn't have uh, an immune system in the way that we're told and um, also the body is not stupid it does not attack itself by mistake and that really is the definition of an autoimmune disease or an autoimmune condition that you know the body just um, oh it attacks healthy 
um, cells or tissues or whatever by mistake, you know, because it thinks it's some kind of germ. I mean, the body just is not stupid. It does not do that. Now, what causes um, these autoimmune conditions? Um, in fact, actually, the medical establishment themselves don't even know, because if you look at the literature, for the most part, they say, you know, we, they say we don't exactly know. I'm, I think that's just a cover story for well, we haven't got, got a clue. So we'll just dish out these pharmaceuticals to try and um, make some kind of uh, if effect on some of the processes in the body to stop inflammation, things like that. So um, the the first, so yeah, so the problem is that you know that there are no pathogenic viruses, and autoimmune conditions are um, mislabeled. Uh, well, I mean, all, there are no separate diseases anyway, no separate disease entities that attack people. You know, we don't get disease. These are conditions that are developed within the body. In other words, the, the terrain is compromised in some way uh, for various different reasons. And there will always be different combinations of different factors that affect different people. And so, um, you know, we aren't, you know, little sort of factory machines, you know, we're all the same. Therefore, you know, this label means that everyone given that label has the same problem. No, we're all different. We're all unique. And there will always be, you know, different combinations of um, exposures that have um, led to the development of problems within within the body, some kind of damage to various organs, tissues. And again, because it's systemic, it's not just just because there's a problem in one part of the body. It doesn't mean that part is the only part affected. It'll be systemic. And uh, again, we have, there's no way that we can say what will have caused it. Um, however, again, looking at the kind of factors that create these conditions in the body is to try and, um, reduce exposures as much as possible and uh, improve nutrition and um, reverse the uh, causes or remove the causes as far as possible and and also not not be drawn into the label because you know once you've got a, a label some people kind of identify with you know I've got xyz or whatever um, and it's to try and encourage them not to identify with with that label as much as possible and just to sort of realize there are certain uh conditions within the body that that can that can be reversed can be changed there are all sorts of protocols out there where people can help their body to um recover to rebuild itself and and help the body heal because it will only be the body that heals itself but obviously people in a compromised condition may need a little bit more assistance to uh, to get their body back into the balance back into homeostasis so that it can really work on healing yeah. itself i mean as a, if that as, helps as an example i think they class multiple sclerosis as an autoimmune disease yes um and it's one of the ones that, well, we do look at autoimmune, so-called autoimmune diseases in the book, and we look at multiple cirrhosis. I mean, I've known people with it. But when you look at, uh, which we did, what the causes are, what is actually happening in the body, and, and what those what the causes of that can be, and I'll just briefly give some of the examples. Uh, with multiple cirrhosis, it's quite often caused, it's a, a tox based on toxicity, something that has damaged the myelin sheaths of the nerves, so which are 
semiconductors, as they now realize. So it's starting to interrupt the electrical signals within the nervous system. Um, but it's not because the body's attacking itself and breaking down those myelin sheaths and attacking the nerves. It's, as they found, it can be literally chemical toxicity or it can also be EMFs that can break down those uh, for prolonged exposure uh, of high level EMFs can break down those myelin sheaths and cause the symptoms of multiple sclerosis. So it's nothing to do, as Dawn has said, nothing to do with the body making some mistake and attacking itself, but they call it an autoimmune disease, but it's not. You know, it's very simple when you track it down that there are external reasons as to why those symptoms are exhibiting. And uh, of course, within the uh, multiple cirrhosis, I mean, it, it can be fatal. Uh, you know, it can go on for years and eventually, you know, people can become wheelchair bound and, uh, you know, their organs start to fail if it's not addressed. Um, um, but those are the facts. Uh, so all people need to know is, no, it cannot be caused by germs and no, it is not the body attacking itself. There will be some external condition that's generally it's a poison, <laughs> uh, but it can be electrical as well. So they need to look at their environment. They need to look at what they're being exposed to and uh, correct those symptoms. Yeah, and it's really all down to that. Just take ownership of your health and 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 everything that's you're surrounding yourself with and putting in your body, and then just you know. And I think it's sad because a lot of people don't want that to be the answer. They just want to take a pill, you know. And so we yeah. need to reframe that and shatter the victim consciousness around that and be like, nope, this that you are in charge as a sovereign person to take full ownership of your health, and no one else is going to do it. Everyone else is working in the complete opposite direction against you in every way, shape, and form to capitalize on your ill health. You know, that's yeah. their their job is to make us as unhealthy as possible for profit, control, manipulation. And our job is to push back. You know, that's what I've been saying is like my way of fighting back in my personal life. And I've been really taking it seriously lately. It's really focusing on my diet, exercise, you know, sleep, you know, I've cut out all kinds of stuff. I haven't had sh any form of sugar, refined sugar, actual sugar, all the hidden sugars, modified cornstarch, like two months. Mm -hmm. I'm, like, I'm done with you forever. You know what I mean? I cut out caffeine and I was doing two energy drinks a day for like five years. I'm like, I'm, I'm really, I'm like, this is my way of fighting back. This is how I am fighting big farm and fighting the establishment. You know what I mean? And so this is, that's, that's what we all have to do. We have to just completely yeah. adopt an uncompromising approach to our own health. And, uh, and hopefully we can just like lead by example with that, you know? Yeah. yeah. The point you make about victim consciousness is also very important because um, if we are in victim consciousness, and I would suggest that, you know, just about everybody is to us to some degree or other, uh, we need to have a look at that, what's behind that, and we need to address that as well, because that will come into the, uh, if you like, the sort of stress factor, the beliefs and the idea, and, uh, you know, why, why we think we have to put our... Um, faith in other people to do things for us when we should be doing things for us or we can do things for ourselves I shouldn't say should uh you know that we can take um control and responsibility for our health and um yes I mean the victim conscious thing is is consciousness is is pretty big and that's that's the way the uh, uh so-called would-be controllers want it because that keeps us weaker 
and keeps us docile and keeps us obedient. And that's why now it is about pushing back and not complying and saying, no, we've seen behind the curtain. We know what you're up to. And um, no, thank you very much. Uh, and it's not about fighting, as you say. It's just about saying, no, I'll get on with my life. Thank you very much. Yes, we, we, often, we often refer to Alexander Solzhenitsyn's quote, who said to be, along the lines of, to be a courageous person, just don't take part in the lie. It's as simple as that. Just don't wow. take part in the lie. Nice and easy. That's it, folks. Don't take part in the lie, everybody. You heard it here. Wow. Well, you guys, this is just like amazing information. I hope maybe we can catch up here and maybe go into some other topics. Um, is there anything that you want to leave for the people? Um, any, any final words of wisdom? Any final thoughts? And then, of course, we'll tell everybody how to follow and support you. Okay. Well, just realize that you are the most powerful person in your life and you can have complete control of your life. You just have to realize that, you know, and be careful of what you put in and on your body and let your body, your body will look after itself. If you just bear in mind the four factors we talked about and um, life and health is very simple. It doesn't have many rules, but they are quite strict. You know, if you put toxic materials in and on your body, you will make yourself ill. It's very simple. So don't do that, you know. And as I say, pay attention to the four factors. There's only four factors. And uh, you live a long and healthy life without recourse to lots of poisonous chemicals. That's awesome. Awesome, guys. Well, thank you so much. So obviously, so I, if you notice, I fixed the graphic there. What makes what really makes you makes you ill.com there at the bottom. So please, everybody, please uh, go there um, as soon as we're done here. Also, there's going to be an episode or a link in the episode description at the bottom. You can get the book. Tell us more about the website, though. You guys have so much more here than just the book. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, if people it's a, a sort of a one stop shop, if people go to what really makes you ill.com, there's they can see lots of interviews we've done. There must be well over a hundred on there. So uh, there's articles on there, uh, all sorts of information that uh, we we do actually have a, an audio version of the book. I saw which, that. That's awesome. Yeah, which you can only get actually on our website. I mean, the book itself you can buy from most online bookstores, obviously Amazon. Mm -hmm. um, it has been translated into several other languages, which... Uh, for those French speakers or Dutch speakers, it has been translated into Japanese, but they've not released it yet. So, awesome. <laughs> but the others are. So, uh, we it it is uh, getting around the world quite well. Uh, but yeah, go go to our go to our website. You can sign up for a newsletter as you're showing there, and we send out. We do occasionally do uh, live talks in various places. Uh, it's just around the UK at the moment, although. Dawn and I are visiting America uh, next month. Um, so uh, anyone who's going to the uh, Music and Sky event. Um, oh, yeah, the Alphabetic people. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, we'll be there. So cool. uh, anyone who's there, it'll be lovely to meet you. So uh, Yeah, I'm not going to be able to make it to that. When is it again? Uh, the 18th, is it? 18th of 21st of August. Yeah. Uh, God, I mean, man, if I was to get really crazy, I might be able to pull it off. I'm going to Austin the weekend before. I'm going to Rafting the weekend before. I'm going to Missouri the weekend after. So that's right. That's my like one weekend. Off. If I wanted to get crazy, I might see you guys there. We'll see. But that's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. And I do want to just do a quick call to action here to everybody here. So you guys have a members area as well. 
you know, it's so important in this, you know, day and age and this fight to really support people who are really doing the good work. So, um, I just want to say, you guys, if you just go, you know, whatever, you know, a monthly subscription, please go support them because that goes a long way to helping keep them in the fight, keep everybody in the fight. So if you support, just support what you like, support what you like. What's, what is the members area? What, what can people expect there? Um, well, it's, there's lots of uh, audio uh, awesome. things there. It's mostly audio. In fact, it's entirely audio, I think. But there's lots of it. Um, and as you say, it's, it's not a big fee. Uh, and it just keeps us going. It pays the bills. Yeah. You know, websites cost money. Advertising yeah. costs money. Um, traveling costs money. So, yeah. So thank you for mentioning that. And if yeah, people want to contribute, that's, that would be great. And I would yeah. like to say a big thank you to everyone that does support us. Um, you know, I mean, we probably don't say it often enough. Uh, we really appreciate everyone's help and support. I mean, we're not the only people out there there are plenty of other people putting out the message and i i was asked to say hi to uh, northern tracy who's also been um pretty um outspoken for a number of years talking about the germ theory so i, I was asked to say hi to her so Shout I did to northern tracy well hey you yeah. should put me in touch i'll have her on too there you go yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and it's just really to say thank you to the people that support us and continue supporting us because you know it's it it's not easy to sort of put out a message that that is so challenging to the entire structure of um the system at the moment so you know as you say plenty of uh, censorship going on absolutely absolutely well right on you guys well thank you so much for taking the time this evening to join me so very honored such great information um yeah I'd, hopefully we can stay in touch and catch up again soon yeah. and i just appreciate it guys thank you thank, thank you, you. Yeah, thank you guys. So everybody else, go to Rebunk.news, subscribe to the Rebunk Substack, make sure that you're up to date with everything, and I will see you all next time. i got another episode on ter Terrain Model on Friday. So I'll talk to you guys soon. All right, bye-bye. Bye for now.